Hello and welcome to another edition of 41 Files here from 41 Action News. I'm Taylor Hemnes, morning anchor for 41 Action News today, joined as always by digital producer Sam Hartle. Hi, Sam. So our most popular story on the website this week has been the web story about the recirculation button in your car. Oh, there, I didn't even know we had a web story up about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, thousands of thousands. For air conditioning, you mean. For air conditioning. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, do you know what the recirculation <laughs> button does in your car? Oh, gosh. Uh, for that answer, I turn to Mackenzie Nelson, 41 Action News reporter Mackenzie Nelson, who's also in studio with us today and is going to be talking about soccer with us in just a minute. But, Mackenzie, do you know what the recirculation button does? I thought it takes the air from outside of the car, cools it off, and brings it, and it's just... That was my indication also. I think that's... But I could be wrong. So I grew up with the idea that it was the skunk button. So the, Please elaborate. I just the, wish people could see the faces we're making in, him in right the now. Normal, in the normal uh, air conditioning sense, the, the system is pulling air from outside. Yes. And so if you're driving on the highway in, in southern Minnesota and there's a skunk on the, on, the, on the side of the road, you don't want to pull that air in. And so you hit the recirculation button, which shuts off the air from the outside, and it recirculates the air inside of the car. Okay. Hence the recirculation button. Okay. And the timeliness of it is that in the summertime, the recirculation button. So when you first start your car, you have air, to pull air from outside, right? You, yes and no. So your AC, when you first start your car in the summertime, it sends a little bit of cool air, mm-hmm. but it's still not the final cool air, but it's still cooler than the outside. And so the recirculation, it, it recirculates the slightly cool air into slightly cooler air into slightly cooler air rather than pulling in the hotter air from outside. Yeah. What if you have two buttons? I have two in my car. What's what's the... Uh... They both look the same. They both have the no. car with the arrow. So I think one circulates the air that's inside of your car. Right. That's the recirculation. That right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then the other one pulls air from outside. It should have an arrow from outside into... Yep, but I have the... Those two buttons. You have two buttons. So I had to learn what both meant. So if we could do another web story <laughs> on that one, that could help. Some you don't have out. to be too specific, so no one follows you around. But what what make of car do you do you have? Like, just tell us, like Toyota or Honda, what kind of car do you? It's have? a Kia. Okay, huh? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I didn't know what they were. Is that that? That's the point of the web story is to explain to people what it what it does. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like arguments are being won all over the place with that story being shared. Like, you know, see, I told you. You know, that wasn't you know the intent of, of the conversation here. But That's know. never the intent of the conversation, right, but right. that often happens. It's definitely helping some people out. Okay, so that's, the most, that's the, the most popular story right now on 41 Action News website. We hope we, hope we helped you win an argument this week mm-hmm. or at it. least look smarter. And I'm, I'm still kind of <laughs> flabbergasted by I'll, your, by your multi-button you situation. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> After after this, Mackenzie, you need to like tweet out a photo I of will. those two buttons, and you're we'll be on. Does we'll anyone be on know what these do? <laughs> oh my gosh! New so driver. as we mentioned, uh, Mackenzie's in studio with us to talk about uh, the U.S. Women's National Team and uh, how Kansas City is enjoying watching them go through the World Cup uh, right now. So we'll we'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, uh, one of the other big stories we've been following at Forty One Action News now for what seems like probably a couple of weeks at least has been the Jackson County property tax assessment situation and how a lot of people are unhappy to say the least with what their property taxes have been. A lot of people, as we've discussed on this podcast and online or on air, uh, have seen their uh, values of their home go up. In some cases, we've talked to double and triple situations and a lot of people upset about that. We reported yesterday about how we learned that uh, there was a plan to gradually do 
tax assessment or tax increases, and that plan never was implemented in Jackson County. We reported that for you uh, on July the 2nd on 41 Action News. Uh, So Sarah Plake has been following this quite a bit, and she's going to talk to us now a little bit about the latest in this reporting. She was trying to figure out the, the latest explanation from Jackson County as to why that was happening and still try to get a better answer as to what people are expected to be able to do uh, with this tax assessment information. Yeah, we can't just freeze an assessment, we can't stop it, we can't start it over. And, and that's, what, that's what the state law says. So I have to follow the state law. We don't know what the procedure was for assessing homes. How is it supposed to be is the question. How did they assess our homes and what are they going to do in the future? Uh, you just heard uh, from Jackson County Executive Frank White and uh, a resident, a concerned resident uh, of Kansas City, Missouri's west side talking about the issue that just won't seem to go away. And that's this year's Jackson County property tax assessments. And the reporter that has been with us all along the way has Sarah Plake. <laughs> and Sarah joins us now by phone. She joins us by phone. She just wrapped up her 5 p.m. live shot uh, a little bit later That's on right. in the afternoon than we normally do. And Sarah, lo and behold, you were talking about uh, Jackson County property assessments today <laughs> as your story. We'll get to what happened today because it was kind of crazy. Um, but you yeah. were on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, talking about the the valuations that people had received in the mail in in some cases yeah. uh, you know, absurd percentage increases that they had received and and we kind of sort of talked about the filing deadline to to file their appeals uh, you know just in summary kind of walk us through um, before this week everything that had that had conspired since uh, we last spoke about the issue oh man well uh, <laughs> where do I start um okay so I guess what where a good jumping off point is, you know, people are getting their, their, you know, assessments in the mail and they're like, holy moly, there's got to be something wrong. So that's kind of where this whole issue starts is people are saying there's got to be something wrong here. This cannot be correct. And so this whole time, um, the Jackson County administration has said, you know, they're, we feel that they're accurate, this, that, and the other. Um, we had found out kind of as we kind of dug into this day after day that there are certain reports and certain things that were supposed to be filed by a certain time that weren't, that were showing which properties had 50% increases. Um, and, and all of these things kind of just showed that the county is really, really behind. Um, the last or the last reassessment period, which is two years ago in 2017, people were getting their assessments um, notices in the mail like early May. This time people were getting theirs you know, second week of June. And with an informal appeal date at the end of the month, it's just like, shouldn't we have got this sooner? Um, So today what we found out and kind of to what everybody else has been saying this whole time, the residents anyway, um, one of the Board of Equalization members who um, also does consulting work for real estate, and so he said he's he's very familiar with this type of data. Um, He said he looked at this report and he said this can't be true he crunched the numbers and found out that there are thousands of properties that were incorrectly assessed and so um number wise you know twenty thousand properties were incorrectly assessed whether it was you know maybe a residential uh parcel was taxed as a commercial or vice versa um and then he further discovered that twelve thousand properties had data corruption errors, which means um, something wrong with the IDs and something wrong with, um, you know, like duplicates. There would, there would be duplicates of it. it it's, very, it's all very 
technical information that like you or I, the average Joe, really wouldn't know about, but um, it just kind of speaks to the fact that when we keep looking into it, it just seems that more and more issues are coming out of this. Yeah, you and I were were, were working on a side project where we were going to try and map out the data, and it was <laughs> it was going to be a project and a half uh, on the on the first one that you had mentioned uh, from a couple right. of weeks ago, and and we'll have to uh, reevaluate what we're doing with this new batch. Uh, but long story short, you've got thousands of 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 questions on on each individual uh, uh, property tax uh, assessment. Um, and we'll come back to that here in a second. I think one of the interesting things is is how this has played out. Uh, you know, first from from community residents who are like, you know, holy crap, this is this is you know this is absurd. And then it mm-hmm. kind of it kind of became a battle um, where you had an attorney who said uh, she was going to file a lawsuit on behalf of Jackson County taxpayers. And then yeah. the the legislature got involved. Uh, I think that was last week. Talk about the the back and forth between the residents and County Executive Frank White, and then the County Legislature and Frank White? Well, um, there's a clear lack of communication um, between, I notice anyway, between uh, the County Legislature and the County Executive's office. Um, So, and also the residents. Um, The residents have said, you know, what can be done we're kind of all in this boat. We're all screwed, basically. You know, if, if we get our appeals denied, you know, what can we do? Frank White and um, the county has said, well, we can't do anything about it, essentially, because the button has already been pushed. You know, um, you know, this is where we are now, and we can't go against state statute. State statute mandates that we have to do this within a certain time. We can't push the deadlines back. We can't re, you know, freeze it. We can't do it in increments. We can't, um, you know, redo it. I think I already said that, but he, we, we keep saying or we keep hearing, I can't do anything about it. It's state statute. So now it's like, okay, we need to get with these state reps that we have and, you know, get them involved. What can we do um, in the future to ease the burden on, on these taxpayers? Um, also, there was, um, you know, a report that got brought up from 2017, and this is from the Chief Administrative Officer, uh, Ed Stoll, who said in 2015 and 2017 periods that they were going to bring up property values um, to to the accurate market value in increments through 2021. And that was what the plan was in 17. However, because of, he said, certain funding problems they came across, um, they decided the best thing to do was to bring up all the values in 19. So essentially, they scrapped this idea of incrementally through 2021. What, and that's why were they, what why, everyone's if, been saying. Why were they so low to, to begin with? Oh, well, I mean, that that's the question. Um, for decades, Jackson County properties have been severely undervalued and we got to bring them back up. And everybody acknowledges that. We all get, you know, um, the legislature, uh, the BOE, um, the assessment office, county executive office, everybody acknowledges, yes, Jackson County has been so far undervalued for so long that we need to get it up to where it needs to be. But that's, and I don't know exactly why, um, but that was, that that was people's argument was, why can't we just do this in increments? Um, And that was the plan, but Ed Stoltz, said on Monday, 
had we done that, it would have cost us even more money. And had we done this through 2021, we would have been far worse off. And then he, he said, oh, well, excuse me. I mean, it would have been far more, not far worse. And that kind of, <laughs> that kind of set off the crowd and with some, with some grumbles and things because everybody's feeling this. I, 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 it just, it, the, the confusion I have with it is, is well, there's lots of different, lots of different parts to it. I, uh, I know. <laughs> but it seems like then, then the change from, you know, taking an incremental approach to just doing it all at once, it doesn't seem like that that was very well communicated to the residents. No, absolutely not. It wasn't even communicated um, to the county legislature. I, I um, sat down with the, legislator uh legislature chair and she said you know had we known that this was the the plan and had we all been fully aware that this is what was going to happen um then maybe we could have done something about it and to me it just shows that there's a just lack of communication like i said between all the offices um and so now this is the boat that taxpayers are in okay so the the boat that taxpayers are in you had mentioned a a deadline to file an appeal Mm -hmm. that was june or i'm sorry july 1st right um, so there was an informal review process. So informal appeals, that deadline's already passed June 24th. There is a formal appeal deadline with the Board of Equalization coming up on July 8th. They okay. might extend that. They might extend that. And they need to decide soon because that's Monday. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen with that. They might they might do a special meeting on Friday to discuss that. So, um like stay tuned, basically. Cause well, I don't, okay, I don't so know well, that. we have the it's you know tomorrow's July fourth, right? They're they're clearly still feeling their way around this this issue, and and the formal appeals process deadline is the Monday after what extensively could be a four day holiday mm-hmm. weekend. Yes, that 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 puts residents in a no win situation. Yeah, uh, and that's um, yeah. I I think that uh, everybody. Who, who got a crazy high tax assessment would agree with that. <laughs> and so, uh, like I said, if they want to extend this deadline, they better do it fast, you know, because, um, you know, come November when they, when everything's finalized and people get their stuff in the mail, and granted, a lot of these folks are elderly, low income, uh, don't have access to a computer, don't even, a lot of people don't even know what the Board of Equalization is, and that doesn't um, say anything about them. I, I mean, really, though, nobody's really aware of exactly what they do until they get this thing in the mail. They're like, well, what's this? So, um, yeah, they, I, I don't know what they're going to decide. Talk about the role that uh, Jackson County's uh, new assessor uh, is playing in this. Okay, so Gail McCann Beatty, she came in um, about a year, year and a half ago, and she was kind of given a manual of this is what you do, and she did it, and so she says that um, she's kind of been, you know, less than willing to admit at first that there might be some errors, but I think today was kind of the first time we we heard that, okay, I'm willing to look into this. I want these, I want this to be accurate just like everybody else does, and um, they, I mean, they keep encouraging folks, get your appeals in as soon as possible. Um, so she's like, I don't know what happened, you know, before I came into this position to why Jackson County is so, um, has been so far behind, but I don't know if there's much she can do right now. 
Well, and I think that's been, you know, if you recall the, the bite at the beginning of the segment with Frank White, you know, they the, the county and the administration believes that they're they're doing what they have to do under the state law. Uh, you had mentioned earlier, you know, maybe uh, you know, more than 20,000, um, you know, errors or miscalculations in, in a review by one of the uh, Board of Ed- Equalization members. Do those people get a, an extension? I mean, they probably don't even know who they are. How does... Is that something that they're just going to ha- – I mean, if, if you don't know your number is correct, how do you file an appropriate appeal to it? Exactly, and and that was brought up, and that's still kind of up in the air, you know, and um, it's it's up in the air. And uh, the Board of Equalization member, Preston Smith, who kind of crunched these numbers, he said, I, I did this, I found this myself, but yet the county is in contract with an Ohio-based consulting firm how come they didn't find it? And I don't know the answer to that. And then are we able to, to talk to that consulting firm to, to get more information, or how does that process work? Well, um, it's Ebert and & Associates, and from my understanding, um, they've been you know contracted and working with the county for um, a few years. Um, I think it was on Monday, it was, it was several days ago, that I had requested to speak with Ebert and Associates just so they can take me through the process. What do you guys do? You know, because I think everybody would want to know. Um, but the county uh, basically barred me from talking to them and said, well, Gail McCann Beatty is going to present all that information on Wednesday. Well, I would still like to talk to them, but I haven't been able to. All right. So it sounds like there's a little bit of inside baseball, but ultimately uh, Jackson County taxpayers are, are, are going to have to deal with this uh, in some fashion or another. We talked about the July 8th formal deadline. Sarah, one, how, how do people file their, their appeal if they want to? And then after July 8th, what's next? Okay. So if you want to do your um, appeal, you, you have to go online. You have to get this appeal form online. Um, if you just type in Jackson County Board of Equalization Appeal, and we've got that online too, kshb.com, um, on our website too. Um, you can either email, you know, mail it in or do it electronically. Um, and uh, if uh, you're still not satisfied with the Board of Equalization, what they tell you, you can go to the State Taxing Commission. Um, and So there, there's still recourse after Board of Equalization. So um, there's essentially three steps that were involved in this appeal process. You had mentioned that some people were saying, hey, you know, we've got to go to the legislature in Jefferson City to fix this. Uh, do you get any sense that, that that's going to happen or, you know, once the deadline goes by and, and, and we're into the fall that people will find another issue to, to worry about? Well, I talked to the county legislature and they said that some of the members, some of the legislators have had personal conversations with some state representatives. I'm not sure which ones, but I um, I, I do want to get the answer to that question. Um, which state reps we're talking about here and who's going to, you know, be, be kind of taking this on. But they said that they're at, at least that that's what they can agree with, with Frank White, is that we need to change it somehow. Can we grandfather some people in? Can we put caps on increases? Can we, you know, what can we do? And that's yet to be uh discovered <laughs> so it'll be interesting probably all things that they should have figured out before they made the uh, made the announcement this year 41 action news reporter sarah plague thanks for uh, bringing us up to speed and uh, i have a, sure. uh, a hunch that we'll have you back on the podcast not just for this but for other things too but you know thanks for your reporting <laughs> today all right no problem anytime thanks sarah 
So switching gears now to a different kind of topic, let's talk sports a little bit, even though this is not our sports-related podcast. Let's talk sports a little bit. Sports. This is a different kind of football. It, well, it, it we, is football. We have a football podcast and a, now a football podcast. That's that's what's happening We have an here. American football podcast. There it is. Yes. So that's the distinction we're talking about. As we mentioned earlier, 41 Action News reporter Mackenzie Nelson in studio with us today Hello. to talk soccer. First off, are you a soccer fan? Do you like, do you like soccer period? Men's soccer, women's soccer? Are you a fan? I love watching women's soccer. Okay. Now that Team USA is amazing. Right. Would not call myself a soccer fan. It's not okay. uh, one of my top three sports. Okay. Because you're a big sports fan. You love mm-hmm. sports, but that's not necessarily high on your list. Right. But if you haven't watched a women's soccer game, mm-hmm. you have to. Absolutely. Why? What do you like about watching the women's soccer team? They're just very exciting to watch. And if you do it at the Power and Light District, you're going to have a great time. Sure. Whether you like soccer or not, it is going to be fun. I like the uh, women's national team's goal celebrations. Well, you're the one. <laughs> a lot of people. I think, hey, you know, I think they've earned it. If you know, if you're if you're not familiar, their first game of this World Cup it was their first game of yep. the World mm-hmm. Cup. They won thirteen to nothing. Um, I forget who they defeated to to get that Thailand. Thailand thirteen nothing over Thailand in the first round of the World Cup, and were criticized some for their overt celebrations and continuing to do that thirteen nothing. But Sam likes them. Uh, they won. I also, I also like the tea time yesterday. Two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Um, is that what you're referencing with tea time? Alex uh, Morgan sipping the tea. Yeah. Oh, the tea time. That was a. That was, yeah. I'm a golf person, as you are. So when you said tea time, I was like, Is he talking about what time it oh, started? Man. Oh man, this is. I guess this is a complete sports segment. <laughs> wow. I'm thrown We're off by golf. thrown off by golf tea sports. time. So yesterday, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, uh, they in the uh, semifinal they defeated England two to one mm-hmm. um, without Megan Rapinoe. She didn't play at all, she right? Did not. did not play at all. She had an injury before the game, uh, before the match. Excuse me. Um, but what McKenzie was referencing is she was out at Power and Light yesterday mm-hmm. for that because they had a big watch party. It looked like just a ton of people out there for that. When I got there, there were hundreds of people. I would say just in that. Kansas City Live block yeah. in the living room area, but inside every restaurant and bar, it was packed. Full. I mean, every TV was on the women's game, and there were people everywhere. And they were there celebrating the win even after, you know, hours after the game ended. Sure. So it was a lot of excitement. People did not sit down. They did not take their eyes off of the screen. And it, it, the energy was just, I, I mean, you have to go experience it to really Get an idea of what it's like, and quite the age range of fans too. We talked to young fans, older lots fans, of kids, lots, lots of, of age families. Um, it was a great place to be. So, I, I families with kids, if they want a good spot to go hang out or be outside and watch the game, mm-hmm. definitely a place to take them because it was very kid friendly and ton, tons of kids everywhere and families and just it, people everywhere. We were talking about your soccer fandom just mm-hmm. a second ago. Did you get a feel while you were out there that? soccer fandom was pretty high were these casual fans or were these people like oh yeah i follow the women's team all the time i know the whole team i know the starters i'm wearing the jersey where would you put the fandom besides the obvious celebration but just the knowledge of the team going into yesterday i think it was a pretty good mix of people there were a lot of people there that i spoke to that this is what they do they they live to watch these girls play Mm -hmm. and they could tell you statistics and everyone on the team and, and everyone on the team were playing but then there were people there that just heard about the watch party and they wanted to go be involved and they wanted to watch the game with other fans and they were very excited as well. But they probably couldn't tell you anyone on the team other than, right. you know, the the captains like Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan. Other than that, probably couldn't tell you much. But the energy, I mean, everyone was just 
celebrating together, and it was it was great to see. Sam, we were discussing before we recorded today the the moniker of sports capital of the country, and whether or excuse me, soccer capital of mm-hmm. the country, and whether or not Kansas City deserves that designation. Um, as far as number of people watching soccer here, we we got to be pretty high on that list. Yeah. So uh, the thing that caught my eye in the uh, quarterfinal game last Friday against France, yeah. which you could argue was probably the match of the tournament in the quarterfinals. France being a host country, right? That kind of thing. Uh, you know, Kansas City uh, had the top or highest uh, TV rating in the uh, in the country. Uh, people watching our friends over at uh, over at Fox Four. Um, they had a 7.7 rating, which was the highest rating uh, in the country. And you don't necessarily have to know uh, the ins and outs of TV ratings. The key takeaway from that one is that we were the highest of any market in the country. Yeah. Uh, and and then yesterday's game, uh, again, these are both in the middle of the day, 2 o'clock. Um, so at t- a 2 o'clock start time on a Tuesday. Uh, and, and the game yesterday uh, drew an 8.1 rating, yeah. um, which put us second in the country. Uh, Austin, Texas was an 8.3, I think. Uh, according to the initial numbers, but you know, Austin doesn't have a professional team, do they? Uh, they they are getting one. They're getting one. They're they getting. Don't, they one. don't have an MLS team just yet, right? Okay. Austin seems like a pretty good soccer market, though, to me. Yeah, um, lots of you know, kind of a younger audience, yeah. um, progressive perhaps. But uh, you know, we've all been here for a, a period of time. I think Mackenzie and I um, specifically, you know, we've always heard that Kansas City builds itself as the soccer capital of the country, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a how do you how do you quantify that? You know how do you how do you measure that? Yeah, uh, but I think you know you look at that at the turnout at the Power and Light District. You look at what sporting has been able to do. You know certainly you know there's no shortage of, of youth soccer fields in our in our metro. Um, you look at the TV ratings. I think there's probably some fundamental truth to that. Mackenzie, you think that's that's fair as far as I mean, you're out there and about among the demographic of people they're hoping to come and watch the game. Young people is 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 sporting and is going to a, a sporting KC event or a or a watch party like this considered something that's kind of an event thing that you want to do? Like, is it is it a hey we need to go do that? I think so. I think a lot of people, whether you know they're soccer fans or not, or would say you know this is the sport that they are paying attention to and they're really into. I, I think soccer is gaining a lot of uh, fans from everywhere, and I think Kansas City alone is just supportive of any you know professional team or yeah. any sport. We just have a really good fan base here, and I think. That's why everyone wants to be involved because there is a big watch party. Tons of people are there. Then they feel like they need to be a part of it. And, and I think that energy just carries. And more and more people, I mean, Sunday, I can't imagine how many people will be there Sunday right. with people having the day off. There were tons of people there on Tuesday. So I don't even want to know how they uh, got out of work that day. And <laughs> yeah. We won't call anyone out. But it's a holiday week. Yeah. We'll just give them a bit, a bit of the doubt. But to see the number of people that were there on Tuesday, I can't imagine what Sunday will look like. But Kansas City really is you know, showing up and putting on a good show. Well, we just had the men's national team here for CONCACAF Gold Cup that were here and, and won their match out at Children's Mercy, what, two weeks ago? I think they were here a week that, and a half ago. That match drew, I think, Patrick Mahomes, didn't it? Yes, I think he was there. I think he was there, yeah. Travis Kelsey, Kelsey was there, too, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. As was, I think, at that point, Mayor-elect Quentin mm-hmm. Lucas was mm-hmm. there sitting next to Travis Kelsey. Complete so. star-studded. Uh, <laughs> it the, was. The, the, the Quentin arrival. It was the, the event, <laughs> yeah. If you want to be anywhere, that's where you need to be. So uh, I, I think that's... That's fair to say, but I, I, again, as a as a non soccer fan, as someone who hasn't been to a sporting game yet, it's definitely on my list of things to do. I've been told I should go. As a non soccer fan, I I don't know if I should feel 
on the outside looking in or as if I'm just not picking up, you know, I'm not, I'm not the trendiest of people. So I, I just, as I'm wondering what the non-soccer fan is to take of, of all this kind of celebration and excitement about something that maybe they're not necessarily supporting. Is it supposed to be, should they feel left out or should they feel like, Hey, you can come too? How, what, what's the response you think? I don't know if you should feel left out, but I think you might feel uh, like you're missing out on something big. Yeah. Uh, I think that could be maybe a feeling people are experiencing, and that's why so many people are going downtown to you know be involved yeah. and watch the game. Um, but I, I just think people are just really interested. There honestly is not a lot going on in the sports world right now until training camp starts. There's nothing really for people to watch than regular season baseball. Sadly, the, yeah, the Royals it's, are yeah, not. It's not like the Royals are like yeah. overperforming. Yeah. yeah, so there's just not a lot for people to watch and really get into. And I think that's why so many people are paying attention to, you know, the women's team and they're yeah. watching just the success that they have. And that's something that they can really like latch onto and, and go with. I think there's two different levels. I think there's the, the level that Mackenzie just, just spoke of, you know, I think you have your, your base level, you know, soccer fandom, you know, maybe you're, you know, somebody who's waking up on the Saturday or Sunday morning and watching uh, soccer from across the pond. Um, or you have you know sporting Kansas City fans. You know I think that's a little bit of a different different environment than the national team, which is what Mackenzie just said. Where okay, it's soccer, but it's also you're you're, you're represent. It's kind of a, a, a patriotic thing, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I think it's we had mentioned golf earlier. I think it's equivalent to the Ryder Cup, where I yeah. think you have some people who aren't necessarily golf people, but because it's a, a competition that involves you're representing your country. I think that that raises the level of interest just a little People bit. People are tuning in. Just like the Olympics. That's the right, same kind of right. thing. Anytime mm-hmm. where you're competing against another nation and you're supporting the whole, you, knowing the whole country is behind one versus if it's something like Kansas City versus New England, you know that part of the country is supporting some in football. That that part of the country is supporting their team. We're, we're supporting our team. Otherwise, it's the whole the whole thing. And then I, I think the other the other element, and I don't I don't know. This is a central thing, but I think you know our, our country has had uh, more conversations about women's empowerment, sure, um, and women in sports. You know, one of the key things that is, you know, that there's obviously some politi- political stuff that has been involved with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the pay gap uh, that we've talked about mm-hmm. um, with, between the the men's team and the women's team that's not a political issue. That's a that's a uh, an equality issue. Sure. Uh, and, and so I think as our as our culture continues to have more robust conversations about that, you know, I think women's soccer can play a, a front row seat in it. I think a lot of people are interested, too, because the women's team is just that much better than our men's team. Yes. Um, and I think that's why people are paying a little bit more attention. And I was reading something uh, yesterday while covering this that FIFA believes that they're going to have one billion viewers on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And what I think is really cool is once we find out who wins today between the Netherlands and Sweden, if we do play Sweden, the U.S. lost to them in 2016 in the Olympics. So if we right. play Sweden, I think Power and Light is just going to be absolutely packed with yeah. people who are wanting to see kind of a rematch in yeah. a way. I think I think also you can't discount the the youth aspect of it. We were talking about the young fans. Mm-hmm. You know, soccer is the sport that so many people. That's their first foray into organized sports. I never I've never played a lick of organized soccer, not a bit. But it is the sport that all three of my sons have played as their first chance to get into sports. All of them at four years old played organized soccer and may continue to play, may not. We we don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but. I had to kind of okay. What is this about? You know, and, and I think a lot of a lot of parents have that situation where they're. I that's how I enter the soccer world, and the opportunity too that that maybe right now presents 
the most exciting thing for young girls as a this is this is the highest pinnacle of sport now for for women potentially for American women not to discount WNBA mm-hmm. but which is also making strides too by absolutely the way. absolutely but I mean this is something that that girls can look up and say I want to be a professional athlete and I want to do that um, even on a getting up there with WNBA with tennis that kind of thing that's that's maybe a, a new opportunity too for them I think what we're saying too especially on the back on that um, am I missing out kind of question and to Sam's point about being soccer capital is if you're if you're not paying attention the day after the match or the next time you go to back to work you you people are going to be talking about it and you might not know what they're talking about mm-hmm. at the very least mm-hmm. so you might you, want to at least watch yeah. the game or parts of it or, at or the that, very catch least the highlights. yeah catch the highlights <laughs> or something like Mackenzie that. and I didn't want to shame you for your admission <laughs> I appreciate that, that. I don't want to tell you that you're missing out <laughs> no but I, I, like you are. <laughs> I I appreciate you you know taking it easy on me there so um again the game time Sunday morning is what time do we know uh 10 a.m 10 a.m Sunday so morning I do not know what time people will be downtown at power and light sure. but I'm sure it will be early I'm sure People will be trying to get their place, you know, front and center in front of that big TV right there in the Did Kansas City Did it cost anything block. to go in and watch that? Do you know? I do not believe so. It okay. just cost if you went into, you know, a restaurant. Sure, drinks food, and food and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. But, wow. I mean, tons of people. out. They had drums. Everyone was waving American flags. Everyone was wearing, you know, Team USA yeah. gear. It, I saw one guy. He had a blue glittered beard. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he just dumped some glitter in his beard. Um, everyone's going <laughs> what all is, out. What does his wife or girlfriend or significant other think You know, about? I'm not sure, but his daughter had some blue glitter in her mm, pigtails. Okay, so right. I, th- I think it was you know, father-daughter day, maybe. Mm. Go with that. But he was a real champ. Some glitter. That's going to be very difficult to I was get about out. To, all, that's all I'm thinking about is yeah. trying to get blue glitter Might out well of one's beard. Keep it in there till Sunday. That is not a fun. Yeah, you, you leave that alone. That's a, that's an all weekend kind of move if you do that. All right. So, Mackenzie, thank you for the insight into that. And uh, now you're not working Sunday. You're not going to be there on Sunday. I will be hanging out watching the game Okay. Sunday. All right. I'll perfect. let you know how it is if yeah. you can't make it. No, I'm definitely going to. I won't be there, but I'm going to watch at least part of the game. So good, I'm not left good. out on Monday when I come back to work on 40 on Action News. Uh, Sam, that wraps it up for us for today, I believe. Another, another week, uh, patriotic week. Yeah. Independence Day tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy 4th to all of everyone watching. As we talked about this morning on 41 Action News today, I feel like we can't talk about the 4th without reminding you, please be safe with fireworks, with grilling, with swimming. Uh, there's so many things for people to be doing, and it's going to be hopefully not too bad weather. Lindsay told us this morning it won't be a washout. We might have some storms move through. So please be careful, whatever you choose to do, to celebrate Independence Day. I do have a tea time. <laughs> And we've and come. We're golf. We've come full circle here on Forty One Files. Thanks <laughs> we'll for joining. See, we'll see you next week. Yes, I'm drinking a buble. What flavor? Uh, lime. Mm. It, it has a dual purpose. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it serves. <laughs> it serves fine uh-huh. uh, at work. But then after hours, it's also a key ingredient. Okay, yeah. I got it. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a sparkling water fan. I was at the store. It's incredible how many different options there are when it comes to. I know of only brands. Bubbly and Lacroix. Those are the only two that I Do know. Lacroix. Um, Dasani has one. Which one? Lacroix. Mm-hmm. That's my fave. Uh, do you like have, it? You do. You do, do drink. Love it. They okay. have the broadest range of flavors. <laughs> They're so good. I've uh, only ever I've only had one sip of one ever that I thought, ooh, that I don't hate that. Yeah. And that was the the lime, the key lime one from uh, Lacroix. Mm. Pretty good. Yeah, it's a very the, good mixer as well. Kind uh, yeah, of, as, you know, as, 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 two things. <laughs> uh, Sam was alluding to there. The ber- the best description I ever heard. My brother in law said, uh, "Drinking Lacroix is like uh, <laughs> is like drinking soda water, and someone in another room across the house yells a fruit." And that's what drinking LaCroix is like. Mm, all right, okay. That's that's all that's all the fruit he gets mm. out of it. So yeah.
I uh, hope uh, they probably won't be sponsoring 41 Files anytime soon, I'm guessing. 